If you have your Bible today, I'd like you to open with me to the uh, Old Testament book of Psalms, if you would. We'll be in Psalm 115. Psalm 115. And as you're turning there, I just want to wish you a uh, a Happy New Year's. I'm sure that uh, many of you would agree. I've never been so glad to see a year depart in all my life as as I was to see 2020. And um, and I know that nothing, I know that nothing magical happened on January 1st. I know that um, I know that things are really basically the same today as they were a month or two ago. But it, it's just it's just nice to know it's not 2020 anymore. And uh, as it was going out, I just, just want to say. Uh, uh, good riddance. And so uh, 2020 was a tough year. There are a lot of things that happened in 2020, and and a lot of times I like to look back at all the things that have happened and, and kind of review some of those things, but I don't even know where I would start. And of course, the thing that's probably had the longest lasting effect on all of us is this whole COVID-19 thing. And uh, we're either dealing with it directly, some of us have had COVID-19, um, and so some of us have, have dealt with that personally, or we uh, maybe know some people personally who are dealing with uh, with it now or some of the long-lasting effects of it. Uh, but even if we've not been touched by it directly, we've all been affected by our nation and our world's response to it. I mean, things are different today than they've ever been in the past. And uh, whether you think the nation and the world's response to it was justified, the way that it's been handled, whether you, you think that's justified or not, I think everything uh, everybody would agree that things are different today than it was a year ago. I mean, it's, it's a totally different world. And people talk about going back to normal. And I hope that happens, but I really don't think it will. Um, I'm not a prophet. I'm not the son of a prophet. I'm not giving some divine insight that God has bestowed upon me. And frankly, this is one of the few times I hope that I'm wrong. But I really don't think things will ever get back to the way that they were because I think this world has fundamentally been changed and I don't think that's a good thing. So with all that reality before us, that's a, a cheery way to start 2021, isn't it? Um, with all that before us, we need to ask ourselves this question. Does the Bible have anything to say to us today as we enter 2021? And I submit to you that, uh, that it does. It was relevant last year at this time and, and the year before that, and it's relevant today. It's the, the Bible is timeless, and yet it's timely. And so, of course, uh, what we're going to look at today is not new truth, because if it's if it's true it's not new and if it's new it's not true but um but but sometimes we just need to be uh, reminded of some of those things that uh, that we've learned in the past so as i said we'll be in psalm 115 if you found it i'd ask you to stand with me in honor of god's word and i want us to look at four um four things that we can cling to in 2021 verse one says not to us O lord not to us, but to your name, give glory, because of your loving kindness, because of your truth. Why should the nation say, where now is their God? But our God is in the heavens. He does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold, the work of man, man's hands. They have mouths, but they cannot speak. They have eyes, but they cannot see. They have ears, but they cannot hear. They have noses, but they cannot smell. They have hands, but they cannot feel. They have feet, but they cannot walk. They cannot make a sound with their throat. Those who make them will become like them. Everyone who trusts in them. O Israel, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. You who fear the Lord, trust in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. The Lord has been mindful of us. He will bless us. 
He will bless the house of Israel. He will bless the house of Aaron. He will bless those who fear the Lord, the small together with the great. May the Lord give you increase, give you increase, you and your children. May you be blessed of the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. The heavens are the heavens of the Lord, but the earth he has given to the sons of men. The dead do not praise the Lord, nor do any who go down into silence. But as for us, we will bless the Lord from this time forth and forever. Praise the Lord. Thank you. May be seated. Now in our text today, I believe that there are four guiding principles, we'll call them, four truths that we can hold on to that will guide us through and, and will help us in 2021. The first principle is that we should glorify God. We need to glorify God. We see that in verse 1. Now, this is not rocket science. Our goal, our job, our role as human beings in general, but as Christians in particular, our role is to bring glory to God. It's to glorify the Lord. Now, that is not rocket science. This is not something new. I think we would all assent to that idea. But how many times do we do the exact opposite of what verse 1 says? Because verse 1 says, to your name, not to our name, give glory. See, the psalmist says, and then he repeats the idea that God is deserving of the glory and not us. So let's apply this personally. Probably very few of us, whenever we go to the Lord in prayer, do we, we, we pray, we, we close our eyes, we bow our heads, get in whatever position we, we like to be in when we pray. But very few of us, I doubt any of us, when we pray, say, God, Lord, I pray that you would, I pray that you would exalt my name in the earth. God, please... Bless me so that people will see how great I am. God, please bring me glory. We don't say that. We don't want our name to be glorified instead of God's, but many times we want our name to be glorified along with the name of God. And so so how would this look? Well, let's say you have a presentation that you have to give at work. You have a presentation you have to give at school. You have some task that's been given to you that, that frankly is outside your ability to handle. And what do we do? We pray. We ask God that the things will go well, that we'll impress the boss, that we'll get applause, that we'll get a pat on the back, that we'll get a promotion, or whatever it is. Now, is there anything wrong with asking God to help? Of course not. We should do our best, and we should depend on God for help. But what I'm saying is, um, when we pray, many times we pray to the end that we get the glory and not God. We pray that our name would be the one that everybody remembers, regardless of what happens to God's name. Said another way, if God answers your prayer and my prayer the way that we pray it, who's getting glory? If God answers our prayer the way that we pray it, who gets the credit? See, if if you get the attention and the feedback, do you ever pass that on to God? Now, I'm not saying that you have to stop if somebody says, oh, you know, great job with with that presentation. Man, you did a a great job with that project. We don't have to say, now hold it. It wasn't me. It was all God. And it was all because of His grace. It was outside of my abilities, but God's grace and His mercy gave it to me. And because of Him, I got it. The glory all goes to Him. Do we have to do that every time somebody says, good job? Of course not. There may be a time and a place to do something like that. But how many times when that applause comes our way, when somebody gives us kudos or a pat on the back, how many times do we pass that on to God? Even within our hearts, whenever somebody says, good job, and we know that it wasn't us, we, we know that it was God's grace and His mercy that allowed us to do whatever it was, how many times do we, at least in our heart, say, God, thank you, because I know I could have done that myself. 
in 2021, one of the things that we need to focus on is bringing glory to God and not glory to self. And why is that? Verse 1. Because of his loving kindness and truth. Now, the wording that's used here speaks uh, first of his mercy, and that goes along with his covenant faithfulness. And when it talks about his truth, it has the idea, again, of, of faithfulness. And the idea seems to be that God has promised to do to, to, to care for his people. He's promised to be with them and to show them mercy and to show them grace. And then he has fulfilled that promise. It has the idea of, of firmness there. He deserves glory because he has promised to be faithful. And then he fulfilled that promise. And I, for one, am glad that God is faithful even when we are faithless. Because many times I don't, I don't stick as close to God as what I should. But yet God is, 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 is faithful to us even when we are faithless. And so that is the first thing that he says. He says that we should glorify God because he is faithful, his loving kindness to all generations. Second principle that we need to grab hold of is, is we need to remember that God is still on the throne. Remember that God is still on the throne. Now look again at verse 2 and following. The unbelieving nations mock in verse 2. In derision they say, where now is their God? Now, we don't know the circumstances surrounding this. We don't know who wrote it. We don't know when it was written. Scholars believe, many of them believe, this was written after the exile, after the people were coming back from Babylon. But uh, whatever the exact circumstance was, the nation was surrounded, or Israel was surrounded by nations that looked at them and mocked. Where now is your God? Now, why would they be asking this question? Well, evidently, the nation of Israel was going through something that looked like God had abandoned them. It looked like God had forgotten them. Maybe they were going through the same thing the nations were going through. Maybe they were going through worse things than what the nations around them were going through. Ultimately, we know that they mocked God because they were in rebellion against Him. But let's be honest, sometimes we ask that same question, don't we? We don't have the same motivation. We don't have scoffing or, or mocking or, or, or something like that behind it. Usually it's, it's because we have confusion. Something has happened to us and we say the same thing. Where is our God? Where is God in the midst of this uh, happening? And the answer to us is the same as it was to the unbelieving nations. God is on the throne in heaven. Looking in at verse 3. Our God is in heaven and he does whatever he pleases. He doesn't ask permission from anybody. God does what he wants. He, he, he is not limited by us. He's not limited by anything external to himself. He does not ask permission. He does not get an okay. He does not take counsel. He does what he pleases. And get, get this, he is not answerable to us for what he does. I want you to get that. God is not answerable to us for what he does. See, sometimes people think they can call God to the carpet and demand that God explain himself for what he's done. Well, well God... How could God be such a good and loving God if he does this? And we want God to answer to us as if we are sitting in judgment on him. The real question is, who are you, O man, to answer back to God? God is in heaven. He rules from on high. And the question is turned around on the nations. They say, where is your God? They say, our God's in heaven. He does what he pleases. Now, what's, what about you, you unbelieving nations? Where are your gods? And look at what he says. In contrast to the one true living God, all other things that are called gods are false idols. 
They are empty, dead blocks of, of wood and stone and metal. They're, they're idols. They, they're shaped into the, to the form of a, of a man or an animal or some other creature. They have eyes, but they can't see. They have ears, but they can't hear. They have hands and feet, but they can't get up and walk. They can't, they can't do anything. They can't help a person. They can't be there when somebody needs them. They, they depend on somebody else for their, for their being. One day, they're a, a block of wood. A week later, they're in the shape of, a, of an idol. God doesn't depend on us. He doesn't need us. But these idols depend on people. And, and what the craftsman does is he'll take a piece of wood and he'll take part of it and make it into an idol. The other part he takes and he burns it in the fire to warm himself and to cook his food over. And, and, and those who... These idols can't do anything. They're empty. And to worship them, to follow them, to, to, to place your trust in them is the height of foolishness. Our God sits in heaven. He acts. He does what he pleases. The idols of the nations are all empty. And it is, frankly, stupidity to worship them. Idolatry is when you worship anyone or anything besides God. And if you worship anyone or anything besides God, the Bible calls you a fool. It's the height of foolishness. Idols cannot do anything to help anyone. And yet our God sits in heaven. He does what he pleases. We can't slow him down. The nations may rage. They can't hinder him. They can't stop him. He does what he wants, when he wants, how he wants, and it doesn't matter what we think about it. You say, okay, Pastor, I'll agree with all that. How does that apply to 2021? We just think about it. We don't know what 2021 is going to hold. If you would have said in January 2020 that we would have experienced what we've experienced in 2020, we never would have believed it. But listen, that didn't take God by surprise. And I hope that 2021 is better. But even if it's not, God's still on the throne. He does whatever he wants. And we need to remember that. We need to hold on to that because if storms come our way, God hasn't gotten off the throne just because something bad's happened to us. God is in heaven. He does as he pleases. It doesn't surprise him. It doesn't take him off, off guard. It doesn't disturb him. It doesn't shock him. He is in charge. So the first thing we need to do is we need to focus on glorifying God, not ourselves. Second, we need to, uh, we, we need to remember that God sits enthroned in heaven. He rules from on high. Third, this coming year we must trust in the Lord. We must trust in the Lord. Now the center part of this psalm has the, these repeated refrains. These things that are said back and forth. It, 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 it says that God is, is a help and a shield, for instance. Now probably, you remember this was their Baptist hymnal, the book of Psalms was. And so this would have been done corporately. And so probably when you see these things that are repeated like this, uh, for instance, in, um, in verses 9 and following, O Israel, trust in the Lord, He is their help and their shield. O house of Aaron, trust in the Lord, He is their help and their shield. That's probably was an antiphonal response, kind of like when we do responsive readings. One, one person or one group would say one line, and the other person or group would say the other. And so, so first, the Bible says we must trust in the Lord because He is our help. And our shield, our help and our shield. Now that's 
That's really pretty self-explanatory, right? Because we all know what it means to help. It means to give assistance to. And a shield gives, uh, gives defense. It gives protection. So we should trust in the Lord because he will render us aid and he will be a defense for us. But also it says that we should trust in the Lord, and, and this is the other repeated part, because he will bless us. He will bless us. God is a loving Heavenly Father who delights in blessing his children. We should trust in the Lord because he will bless us. When we don't deserve it, he'll bless us. Even when we have bad come into our lives, the fact remains that we still have a lot of good in our lives, don't we? We still have a lot of good. So we need to trust in the Lord. So we've seen in 2021, we need to glorify God. We need to remember that he's in charge. He sits enthroned in heaven above. We need to trust in the Lord. And finally, the last thing, he says we should glorify God. He said, now hold up, Pastor. Didn't he just say that? Didn't he just say we need to glorify God? Yeah, that's the way verse 1 starts. Bring glory to God. But if you look at verses 17 and 18, that's where the psalmist ends as well. He talks about praising him and blessing him while there's still breath in our lungs. And understand, when he, talks, when he says that, that the dead do not praise him, he's not talking about some sort of a, a soul sleep. What he's saying is that in our physical bodies, while we are alive on this earth, we experience the goodness of God. We experience his protection, his help. We, we experience uh, him working out his will. We experience the goodness of the Lord. And therefore, while we're still on this side of the dirt, we need to praise him. We need to be worshiping him. We need to be blessing him. I mentioned just a little bit ago that um, I I was looking at some bulletins. Um, The other day I was was going through my study, and for whatever reason I had a stack of bulletins that I've been keeping. And I had some that went all the way back to 2006, which was just a couple years after... Um, I came as pastor, and it was it was interesting because I had a span there of, of most of the bulletins from 2006 to 2012 in that particular stack. I don't know why. Anyway, but I looked at them, and I went through and I looked at the I looked at the announcements. I looked at the I looked at the names that were in there, the sermon titles and things. And you know how you get when you find some some old pictures, and you kind of slow down a little bit. And you just pause and you look at them. And you remember, oh, I remember that day. I remember that Christmas. Hey, do you remember when such and such? And that's the way it was for me as I look back at those, at those bulletins. I was reminded of people who have left or have left the community. or Many of the people have passed away. I, I was reminded of outreaches and ministries that, that we've done. I saw an announcement, as I mentioned before, uh, congratulating the church on collecting about 250 cans for the food pantry. And I think about, you know, last year we collected well over 1,000, and the year before that as well. Um, I'm, I found a bulletin from our 125th anniversary celebration that we had back in 2008. I mean, it, it was just, it was a blast from the past. And there were sermon titles I saw that I, I may not remember the sermon, but I remember the title. If you would have asked me when I preached it, I'd have been like, oh, well, that's about you know three or four years ago. And it's actually like 10 or 12 years ago. Um, time has really, it, it's really flown by. But you know, as I thought about that, I realized that when that new year rolled around in 2006, and 2007, and 2020, 
that we never would have, we, we didn't know what was coming between January 1 and December 31 on any of those years. And yet here we are on this side of December. God got us through. He gave us our daily bread. His mercies were new every morning. He was good to us. He blessed us. He was a, a protection and a help. And that what was true back then is true now as well. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But we know who holds tomorrow. God will not abandon his children. He'll be with us. He'll guide us. He'll help us. He'll bless us. And because of that, all glory and honor and praise belongs to him, not us. And so as we look ahead to what for us are uncertain times, I just want to encourage you to remember these four things. We need to bring glory to God. We need to commit to trusting in the Lord. We, we need to remember that no matter what happens on earth, God's not surprised. He's not caught off guard. He rules and reigns in heaven. You know what? I, with all the election stuff going on, I was thinking, there are no votes in heaven. There are no ballots in heaven. There's not a God elect. There is God. He's always been God. He'll always be God. And we can take comfort in that. And it could be that some of us here don't know that God in a personal way through Jesus Christ. What a way to start your year. By repenting of your sin and becoming a Christian. Not becoming a member of the church, not becoming uh, this or that, but becoming a true follower of Christ. And I don't know anybody's hearts, but I do know that all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you've not done that, do that today. But if you have done that, again, I just want to encourage you. We're going to make it. God is on the throne. Why don't you stand with me as musicians come. And as you stand, I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. And with nobody looking around, I just want to encourage you to, to pray. Maybe ask God to prepare you for the coming year. Maybe you know have maybe you have friends, loved ones who because of various circumstances have lost jobs lost their health. Maybe you've had friends that didn't make it through 2020. Difficult things, extremely difficult things. But in the midst of that, we're called to trust in God. Heavenly Father, Lord, we uh, are so time-bound. We, we don't know the future. We don't know what the next moment holds, much less the next uh, months, the next years. 
God, we don't even know that this world will make it through 2021. Jesus could come back by then. And we, God, we, we, we look forward to, we, we hasten the day when Christ will return. But until that day, God, I pray that you would help each of us to be faithful. You'd help each of us to trust you, to glorify you. And to remember that whatever it is that's happening, that you're on the throne. God, as we head into 2021, I pray for each of us in this church. I pray for the church as a whole, that we will be uh, salt and light where you've put us. Help us to be uh, an outreach in our community. The people will look at us as individuals and as a church and see the love of Christ. God, we, we don't want our kingdom to grow, but we want your kingdom to come. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.